Hey, welcome. Episode 238 of Atomic Radio Hour. You look fantastic today. I hope you're doing well. How are you? You look great. I don't have a bottle of water and that's going to be bad. I'm going to make it this episode without one. Don't you worry. Some things to talk about today. Some, uh, I'll, I'll break it down for you. I, uh, I got a little bit about the, the Amazon show we're going to talk about. I got a great piece of lore that we're going to talk about. And to wrap it up today, uh, 125-2023, in the year of our Lord, was the Bethesda Microsoft event dev developer... Dev, that's redundant. Developer showcase thing. I'm not too happy with it. Stick around the third segment for that one. I hope you guys are well. My name is Vince. I'm going to be your host for this evening. Hope, hope you're doing well, like I said the past 45 times. So, if you've been here for a minute, you know that I'm pretty excited about the Fallout TV show that's coming for Amazon, coming to Amazon, coming on Amazon. And if the Last of a Show has done anything, it's excited me into what video game content can be. The Last of a Show has kind of given me some hope into what, what a, 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 a Fallout game, any video game really, can be in any sort of media outside of the game itself. And recently, there has been some leaks uh, of a Red Rocket, of a Red Rocket gas station. Uh, this tweet is from Jay Carson building the set Red Rocket for the upcoming Fallout post-apocalyptic TV series. Developed for Amazon and based on the role-playing video game franchise. And then has a bunch of ats in it. So on screen behind me will be these pictures. And my god, does it look spot on. I don't have... In this in, in this uh, group, I'll find other pictures because it can't be super hard to find. But the pictures that you're going to be looking at look one for one. It looks just like the Red Rocket from Fallout 4. There's even to the point of the, the detail that they're paying attention to that the, the gas station sign has like the same missing parts. All of the pieces look like it's dilapidated in the same sense as the in-game model, the same one that you can just put down at various places in your own settlements or just at that red rocket, that same $109 per gallon of gas, which that's the way eggs are feeling in America right now, but it's cool to see this. I just want to know, like, how is the acting going to be? How is the storyline going to be? Are they going to follow lore? Are they going to make shit up? Are they going to pull a Last of Us and say, well, you know, it's not one for one like the game is. It's a little different. What are we doing? Like, I just want to know. I'm curious to see where this is going to go. And I feel like I can't say anything more about it because all I have in front of me is a few screenshots. They look incredibly promising, though. Like, I really want to know what you guys think. Like, in the comments, please don't hesitate to tell me what you think of the pictures, of these screen grabs. Because this... Is what I want to see, man. And like recently in The Last of Us, there was uh, – by the way, if you like The Last of Us, go listen to my show with Kyle. It's called uh, The Last of Kyle and Vince. It's a weekly show. By the time this comes out, there should be at least two episodes out. It's every week Kyle and I – maybe some guests. Kyle and I are going to talk about the most recent episode of HBO's The Last of Us. So in that episode, they say – in the like the after bit, they say that they hired people that were fans of the game to play clickers. If I had to fly and get paid like 200 bucks just to be on an episode of the Fallout Amazon show, I could die happy. I could. Even if it's a piece of shit like the Halo show, I could die happy. Because I – just to be a part of that universe in some way, 
I'd really appreciate. And it's cool because I've seen tweets that people are like, oh my God, they're filming this in my hometown. Ah, oh, that's where I used to go to school. Ah, oh. like that, that's really cool. I like that. Like that's, if you told me in my hometown they were filming part of the Fallout show, I'd be on a plane now. I'd be like, where is it? I need to find the set. I need to find Walton Goggins with his big ass teeth. Like I, I, I get it. It makes sense. I, I'm I'm excited to see this. We don't have any date. Everything's filming. I remember seeing leaks for The Last of Us about eight months, nine months, a year ago. So we're probably got another eight months, nine months, a year to go. So I am excited. Very much so. I want to know what little Easter eggs are going to put in there because I feel like The Last of Us is doing Easter eggs very subtly. Like they're taking dialogue directly from the game. They're taking even some shots that are very much inspired by the game. But they're not doing like one for one. Look, 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 look. You remember this? You remember this? You remember this? Like there was recently one that was a uh, – uh, it was Nathan Drake's lighter from one of the games was was Tess's lighter. Like it was just like little things like that that people only picked up on if you're fans or if you saw it on Twitter later because you were too busy watching the episode. So – Behind me, like I said, should have been some of the pictures, one of the pictures, a few of the pictures, a couple. What are you guys thinking? Please, in the description below, let me know because I'd love to hear from you. Since I'm talking about that, let me just say real quick. If you get a chance, check out the YouTube because on there I have others. I have this new show that I'm doing with Kyle. It's an offshoot of our other show. Check out the Patreon. If you like the show in any capacity, this show, the lore, anything, there's a bunch of tiers there. There's a Patreon there that you could, that you can help support the show. Uh, there's a bunch of different tiers. $1 being the lowest, $10 being the highest. And at the highest tier, you get to listen to these episodes, be recorded live. It's the live in front of a studio audience tier. Each episode only costs you about two bucks. There's four to five episodes a month so maybe even less depending on how long the month is or what have you very rarely do i ever have anything planned out for that week where i'm not there sometimes there is i know there's a few dates this year so far uh that i know will be planned out that i won't be recording live for but i mean hey we'll get there when we get there there's a bunch of other stuff on, on the on the YouTube channel. There's all the lore videos. Uh, a bunch of stuff I have with Kyle. There's other stuff, some full streams there. Go ahead and check it out. Share it with a friend if, if you enjoy. It's Word of mouth is, is the best way for things to get around. YouTube doesn't like you if you're under X amount of subs because you don't generate any sort of revenue through ads. So they're very hesitant to push anything forward. So this stage is the hardest that I'm not good at it because I don't like self-promotion very much. So I'm just saying, look, if you have some time and or a friend who might enjoy this kind of content, share it with them because it helps. Thank you. I love you. And speaking of the Patreon, before I get into the to the lore of today's episode, I got to talk a bit about I got to talk a bit about the Patreon. Because of you guys, I can continue to grow the show. Like I just said, there's a bunch of different tiers, and at the highest tier, you can listen to these episodes be recorded live in Discord. And I have to thank some people who continue to make the show what it is. So starting from the top, I have to thank the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, it's Danny. Thank you, Danny. After Danny, it's Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. After Marcus, it's TP. Thank you to TP. And last but certainly not least, I have to thank Mellow Millhouse. Thank you, Mellow Millhouse. Because of you guys, the show continues to grow and get better and become stronger. And I can't do it without you. And I love you. And I appreciate you. Thank you. Now, for today's lore, I've been getting into toys again. 
which I know is a weird thing to say as a 26-year-old man, but I've been getting into toys again. I've always kind of had a weird thing for toys. I've always kind of liked them. I never played with them as a kid, but as I got older, I appreciated them more, and I found vinyl toys and designer toys and art toys. I've been watching a lot of videos on how to make them and how people do it. I've just been thinking about toys and like where toys started, where they came from, like what a what a certain toy means to a generation and how like a G.I. Joe compares to a to a Star Wars figure and and how Kenner and Hasbro are by the same company and Mattel and Barbie and just this is my hyperfixation for a little while, right? So I put into the Discord, I said, Hey, what's your favorite toy? I got some great great suggestions, and if you would like to hear any sort of lore, I ask a question in the Discord in the lore question tab. So I said in there, what was your favorite toy? What's a story? Something. And I got good ones. I include video games and consoles as toys. Someone said a Wii, and they remember uh, waking up early to play it and playing all the Lego games and playing all and playing Wii Sports, the greatest game ever made. The greatest games ever made are always the simplest. Uh, Wii Sports, Minecraft. We'll get to Minecraft in a second. An Etch-A-Sketch, a classic. I remember playing with an Etch-A-Sketch as a kid and being like, this is old and I love it. And then someone asked if they could, uh, today, the person who picked today's lore asked, first time lore picker, Captain Lennox. Leonox. Lennox? Leonox? I'm probably saying it wrong. I'm going to say Leonox. Sorry, dyslexia. Captain Leonox in Discord says Minecraft. And I want to share some of what they said. They said I, uh, I, they asked if they could do a, a game, and I said sure. And they said that I choose Minecraft. I've been playing it since 2009's beta. Would have been about six at the time. I just love the building aspect so much. So much more rewarding in Survival 2. I remember sitting with my dad and playing the game on an OG server. Can't remember the name of it, sadly. I'll just put my favorite build, and they shared some pictures and whatnot, but it, like, hit me that, like, this is, Minecraft means so much to so many people, and that's what I love so much about Minecraft. That was my game of the year last year, because I played so much of it. It's very much a depression game for me. I'm not going to sit here and lie. It's when I'm the most depressed, I want to play Minecraft. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm building something, and I feel like I'm working towards something, but that's that's stuck with me. What Cap said stuck with me, because... They got to play with their family. And I played Minecraft with my brother. Like, I remember I bought play, I bought Minecraft on my PlayStation just to play with my brother. Even though I own it four other places. Like, it's, it's just a great game. Like, it's just the, the, it's the best game ever made. It really is. And just hearing that. And then they shared some, some pictures and they shared a story in general chat about, about, them playing it just made me smile put a smile on my face like i have no other way to say it like i was just happy to see it so if you want to hear any lore whatsoever make sure you're in the discord because once a week i ask a question the first person to get the question right or says something that tickles my fancy or a youtube comment those people get to pick lore for the week this week's lore comes to us by way of captain leonox or lennox again dyslexia hell of a drug and it's on the Dunwich Boars in Fallout 4. The marble quarry inside of the Commonwealth, Commonwealth now occupied by the Forged and Feral Ghouls. Pre-war, it's operated by Dunwich Boars LLC. And this quarry is known for being unsafe. It, it, it has safety precautions put in, much like any other business, especially one that's a physical deal like this one. But it's known for just not working. And anything that was there for safety would be 
not replaced until it hit the point of failure. Any extra requests to add any sort of safety precautions were dismissed, and the normal action was to just wait and see how things went. So this is a place that is just a class action lawsuit. It's it's it. For lack of a better term, it's a pit. Yes, it's a quarry that they're digging down, but it's a pit uh, for just awfulness. It's I think Dunwich Borers in Fallout 4 does a great job of showing how evil the pre-war was and how it's just we want to make a dollar. We don't really care about anything else. As long as we can make a couple ducats, jump in the bucket, we can ride. Like it's just it's kind of sad. I mean, it is sad. It's very sad. Now, cutting costs like this was a great way, great, like, great, great way to save some cash. To combat morale loss for shit work condition conditions, happy hours were organized. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't drink. And I don't enjoy drinking. Every now and again, I go out and I have a drink. Uh, I won't lie to you. Uh, my drink of choice. I'm a very old woman who drinks Bloody Marys. That's about it. But the company, Dunwich Boars, would host happy hours by the pit. Uh, so alcohol and free fall, death, does not mix. Your equilibrium is screwed. Let's screw it up more with alcohol. Any of the alcohol you consumed at one of these happy hours came out of your check. You had a couple drinks. You're a couple dollars short of what you thought you were going to get. And they probably didn't tell you that until you got paid. They did have annual picnics, which apparently is a thing because it's not the first time I've heard of a company, let alone a fictional company doing it, uh, with complimentary Nuka-Cola. So, you know, they bought a couple six packs of Nuka-Cola. Uh, you know, 200 people are showing up. Get 150. Not everyone's going to drink them. Any on-site deaths were treated with just a casual uh, nature. Just very, oh, blase blah, just play it off. It didn't matter if it was the employee or the employee's child. The employee's child. A death was to go, eh, that's what happens on a construction site and you were to keep moving. At most, all they did was hire more robots to make sure that nobody fell off the ledges that they were not keeping safe. Now, it turns out the Dunwich Boars LLC was not looking for limestone, was not looking for marble, was not looking for any sort of granite, anything in the earth that they could be that could be used, anything useful. What they were really looking for is an ancient tomb to dark and forgotten gods. So, you know, a normal company, really. I mean, I don't see anything. Once a temple was found, a man by the name of Tim Shute notified the other management. He grabbed higher-ups and said, we found something. And he was told to take the rest of middle management down there. They told him, if you can take the rest of them down there and stall for more people to show up, you will be rewarded handsomely. So he takes them down there and the, the entire chamber gets sealed off. It's believed that these people are later sacrificed uh, for this dark forgotten god that they worship and they were turned into feral ghouls so they were trapped down there now post-war the forge looking for iron iron for saugus ironworks scavenged the entire area taking any and everything back that they could there's also some feral ghouls there there was some some fighting some infighting between uh the folks the forged saying that they didn't want to go down there because of feral ghouls. One of the higher-ups said, you get down there, they're just ghouls. So, for the layout of... The layout of Dunwich Boars, 
I am not a big fan of doing this, but I wanted to make sure I got it because it was a lot to write down and I felt like I could just read it off and it would sound better from the wiki. And I get all of my lore off of fallout.fandom.com, the Nukipedia, if you will. Now, there is an entranceway when you get down to the bottom of Dunwich Bores, but after the entranceway, there is a ritual chamber. Following the right-hand passage into the ritual chamber, a hallucination will start while passing Station 4. The hallucination presents lit candles lining the passage. At the end of a short path is the main cavern, with a ritual of sorts is where a ritual of sorts is taking place. A raised multi-tiered marble platform is seen in the cavern. Stairs lead up to the main area, where a man stands on a square rug before a pulpit. Broken segments of railing loosely fence in this platform. He's wearing pastor vestments. The man makes repetitive cutting motions towards the top of the pulpit with a large knife. Behind him, a long set of chains hang from the crane, flush against the ceiling. Around the perimeter of the room are stone benches, some of which were crushed by collapsing walls. Kneeling before the platform on two sides are nine individuals dressed in clean pre-war outfits. Each one, each one rests on their knees, hands crossed behind their back, with their heads bowed. In a at the room is lit by additional candles on the perimeter walls and the corners of raised platforms. Every few moments, the room shakes and rumbles violently. You can progress down, a large flash of light will happen, and it'll come back to regular day. Uh, and down the chamber, the corridor of the chamber, a little bit of a ways, you find pr the project managers from stations one through four, Bob Statton, Bradley Ramone, John Hatfield, and Tim Schutz. The cavern appearance will change significantly from the way it was observed in the flashback. The raised platform is no longer there, uh, as are the pulpit, the rugs, and the candles. In place of the platform and surface, a large pool of water can also be found around where the people were kneeling. There are some similarities, but not much remain. Now, there's also an underwater chamber. The sole survivor can dive into that pool of water and swim down a deep tunnel into the earth. And at the bottom of the fog, a gigantic statue has been buried beneath the earth. Gazing at the player with pupilless eyes right next to, the, to it is the pulpit from the previous hallucination and an entrance to an even deeper chamber. This being Fallout and environmental storytelling, there are a ton of skeletons, and past the skeletons is another tunnel, which soon opens into another chamber, with stone benches set along the edge of the space. And an altar sits in the center against, a, against the back wall, illuminated by more glowing fungus. On the altar are two mini-nukes, and is a unique weapon called Krevminth's Tooth. Captain... Leonox wanted to know, especially about, there was a, a, a face down there. And all it is is just that it's a statue down there. It's an Art Deco pre-war statue uh, that's down there. And it's not really said anything. I can only imagine it's a stand-in for, for one of the Dunwich gods that they believe in. There's a H.P. Lovecraft story called the Dunwich Horror. that all of this is comprised of. It's, it's taken from, derivative of, if you will. And... I like that it's kind of vague, but it doesn't say exactly why that skull is down there. And I kind of like that. It's or the skull. Sorry. Skeleton. Uh, skeleton. Jeez. Statue is down there, but it's cool. I like it. Makes me smile. Just some notes for you. There is uh, the rumblings and footsteps can be heard all throughout the quarry. And the closer you get to the 
bottom of the quarry or the louder and more frequent they become. In the editor ID, the giant statue that's down there is labeled as Metro Man underscore one. And this is due to the fact that the face is simply a reused asset of the faces found around certain Metro tunnels in the Mass Pike Tunnel. If you collect all of the management holotapes, all of the four named ghouls will lose their names. This in itself is a reference to the Dunwich building in Fallout 3. At the bottom of the quarry, one can see an eye belonging to a Silopin statue. Staring up through the submerged tunnel, the statue is simply an upscaled and mostly obscured downtown sculpture which can be seen by clipping outside the map. Such placement mirrors another of H.P. Lovecraft's story, The Shunned House, in which the protagonist digs underneath an abandoned house to only to uncover the elbow of a colossal being buried beneath it. That's really all I have on the Dunwich Boars from Fallout 4. It's a thing that I remember finding and not really understanding what was going on the first time I found it and getting the hallucinations and the, the, the tooth and just kind of walking away going, all right, that was cool, and coming back to farm raiders and what have you. This is something that I can't wait to see. I don't know if it's exp- expanded upon, upon at all in 76, but I'd love to see in Fallout 5 or a spin-off Fallout game or something this kind of talked about a little bit. I'd really, really, really like to see that because it's neat. And H.P. Lovecraft gets all the uh, the kids excited. But that, my friends, is all I have to say on the Dunwich Boars. And that for this week is our lore. Hey, gang. I just noticed that I'm wearing a green shirt because I'm I just threw it on quick because I know I'm, you know, just something quick to record with on. And I'm also wearing this blue like fleece sweater because it's a little chilly in this Colorado heat. And I'm behind a green screen that I just bumped like a chud. Um, and uh, there's a good chance that my entire body is just going to be green screened out of this because I don't have lighting. I just have bedroom lighting. And one of my lights has been out and I keep forgetting to replace it. So don't yell at me. So today is the Bethesda and Microsoft, the Microsoft and Bethesda developer launch. And I have some notes. I watched it at work. It was fine. Like it was <sighs> disappointing. Like I'm, I'm really disappointed. They, Bethesda wanted to release Starfield in November of 2022. It was 11-11-22. Now we're probably going to get it 11-11-23. But they've yet to announce a date. And I think everybody was going to think that we were going to get a date. And we're probably not going to get a date until June for E3. Uh, so just I want to go over this quickly. Uh, I think they showed off five things or four things. I got really excited by one of them. Forza, the new Forza game, it looks beautiful, but I'm never going to play it. I'm not a car guy to begin with. I appreciate, like, I'm watching, like, I was getting impressed, but it's like, you know, it's like when I get impressed that SpaceX launched a rocket. What do you, what does that do for me? Like, it doesn't do anything. It's cool. But what did that do? How much money was spent on that? We couldn't have put that into, like, some city or something. We could have made, like, we could have tried to fix homelessness a little bit. We're going to space again. Whitey's on the moon. That's cool. All right, fine, whatever. But, like, I'm watching this Forza stuff, and I'm like, oh, that Porsche looks dope. That racetrack looks neato. Cool. Like, who's playing racing games? Like, I'm not talking shit on people. Like, and I said that at work. I'm like, who's playing racing games? And the person next to me goes, well, I like Crash Team Racing. I'm like, yeah, that's a kart racer. 
That's different. Those are meant to be fun. This is supposed to be realistic. If you are a Forza guy, God bless. I'm happy you're getting a new game. For the rest of us, we're going to have to wait. Elder Scrolls Online is cool. They announced that they're doing another expansion. They have these chapters. It sounded like they said they were doing every single expansion was free. It's also on Game Pass. I'm not super into the lore of ES of, of Elder Scrolls, so I'm not super enticed to try it. I'd try it if like Kyle wanted to play it with me. And he's like, come on, man, let's just make characters and we'll rock through real quick. I yeah, I I'd go. I'd try. Why not? Redfall. I have here that it looks like Left for Dead with a twist, and I want to play this with Kyle. Uh, it's neat. It's vampires, and vampires have different attributes to them and different things, and they're different like ways to play, and there's people you can play as that have their own abilities and what have you. And that's cool. If this is a game that I can play with my friends and just turn my brain off and shoot, not really pay attention to a story, that's what I want to play. I still play Grand Theft Auto Online because of that. Redfall's cool. I'm not really one for vampires in Salem. I don't even really like Halloween all that much. But I enjoyed what I saw, and I want to see more. It's coming out this year, so hopefully there'll be a beta or a demo or something that we can try it out, and I can give you a little more information. And the game that I was like most excited to see was Hi-Fi Rush by Tango Games. It looks like a PS2 hack and slash game, but you're like, you play as a character named Chai and Chai like went through some sort of like corporate experiment and it's a rhythm game. So he's like a wannabe rock star, which I thought was a dope idea. And like, it's like, And you have to like fight to that beat. So if you fight to that beat, it adds to it. Like also I'm a hip hop dude and the cat's name is 808. And I thought that was super dope. And I was like, get away the cat. I hope they make a toy of him. Like it was just, I'm really excited for it because the game seems fun. And even the developers of Tango at, at Tango were like, you know, we're known for scary shit. We're known for Ghostwire Tokyo, but this is something you've never seen like before. You've never seen anything like this from us before. And, like the cutscenes were animated they were like 2d animated and there was also like cell shading on the characters it just looked like a lot of fun to be honest it looked like something i want to play and i was really excited for this like i they had a really long extended trailer i have some friends i want to show this game to because i feel like it's going to be they ex they explained it as like anybody can learn how to do this but it's not going to it's going to be hard to master which is cool think like Streets of Rage and uh, Guitar Hero put together and apparently they're licensing real music and they're making music and it looks very Japanese, but I really want to play this game. I really it's a hi-fi rush. It looks super dope. There's a lot of cool features about it that I really, really liked, but this ended. It was 30, 40 minutes, not even an hour, I don't think. And there's nothing about Starfield, nothing about Elder Scrolls, nothing about Fallout. And part of me is like, yeah, they're going to show it at E3. That's the first shit that's showing up at E3. They're going to walk on stage and they're going to say, our friends at Tango Games. And they're going to show that. And then they're going to be like, now our friends at id. And it's going to be Doom 3. And then they're going to be like, and they're going to show Arcane doing Redfall. And then Boobadabop, Skip It a Cream. Check it out. Nothing Fallout. Elder Scrolls is coming. We'll talk about it later. I just want you to know we're working on it again and expect Starfield right now. 
I'm a little bummed that we didn't get anything about Starfield. I'm going to buy Starfield physically. I might buy the special edition. I don't know. I don't. I want to play it, though. It's a, it's a Bethesda game. I kind of want a game that I can get lost in and just play. I'm kind of jonesing for that right now. It's the new experience that I could just into and just in, and have a grand old time. Something fun, something casual, something light. Not, but like, I'm, I don't even want to play that light and casual. Like, I just want to play it. Like, I just want to, I, I want to be a part of that world. I want to be a part of a new world. I want to discover shit. Like, and especially because it's Bethesda lore. Like, they don't have to play off lore that they bought from elsewhere. Like, it's their lore. I want to see what they're going to do, how they're going to craft it. I just like, we're also probably going to see more of Outer Worlds 2, that uh, Obsidian game that's like a Knights type game. It, it, people were calling it Obsidian Skyrim, which I think is so shitty. But, you know, like I want to see more of these games. June will be here before you know it. E3 will be here before you know it. Me and Kyle will go, ooh, ah, ee, ooh, ah, shiny before you know it. This year will be over before you know it. And we'll all be dead before you know it. So I'm a little upset. Like, I'm a little, like, disappointed that Bethesda didn't even, like, say, like, here's gameplay. Here's a cinematic trailer. Here's something. Here's your mother. Like, just show me something. Didn't even bring it up, as far as I know. And I watched the whole thing. So. If you like today's episode, thanks for sticking around. The intro music is by the one and only Shane Ivers, and you can get it at silvermansounds.com slash free music. And if you throw a slash... At the end of that, you'll also get the show's title, Feather Duster, Feather Duster, Shane Ivers, the man, link in the description to my Twitter, the show's Twitter, and a bunch of other social media down there. I believe the Instagram, my Twitch. Please follow me. I want to do it someday. Link to my Twitter, the show's Twitter, Twitter. I'm pretty sure I already said that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I love you. I hope to see you next week. You seem fantastic. Tell your mother I said hello. I love you. Bye, Kyle. Bye. See you later. Bye. See you. See you later. See you. See you later. See you. See you later. Bye. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. A Gulman Entertainment Production.